Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Hey, Keegan. Hey, hey. So we're recording today um, is Wednesday. So we're recording the day before Thanksgiving. But this episode will come out the day after Thanksgiving. It's a weird world. It's a weird world, so I feel like we should have a lot of Thanksgiving-y things to talk about today, uh, but we simply do not. And anyway, I know that both of us are kind of just staying in our apartments this year. It's just, you know, me and Anthony are doing Thanksgiving, just the two of us, and you and Max are just doing Thanksgiving, right? I gotta correct you. Not only are you and Anthony doing Thanksgiving together, Keegan has just informed me that they are doing a full Thanksgiving dinner, just the two of them. I am so impressed. Thank you so much. I'm super impressed. Max and I are just going to do our favorite sides and go with that. I don't think we have anything really planned beyond cooking and eating tomorrow. It's going to be... A weird day. It doesn't feel like the holiday season at all, no, does it to you? No, it, it doesn't. I mean, we're going to put our tree up tomorrow. I've already hung up our stockings. Our day is Friday um, for that, yes. Yeah, so we're going to put our... Usually, it's the day after Thanksgiving for us as well, but this year being so strange, we're going to put up our tree tomorrow. And then, yeah, tomorrow I'm going to spend all day cooking. I've already made the pecan pies, so I made <gasps> pecan pies, and then uh, bourbon pecan pies, and oh then tomorrow I'm going to make turkey tenderloin and mashed potatoes stuffing oh my gosh. and mac and cheese. Keegan, I didn't even, we're not even going to make a pie. We didn't even get a pie from a bakery. I literally went into the freezer section at Ralph's and grabbed one of Marie Calendar's pies. And I think that's, that's perfectly acceptable. And Marie Calendar's pies are actually pretty good. Is it so. good? Because I've never had one of just the frozen pies. The apple, the apple's pretty good. I've it's had got, that like, one. It's got like the crumble on top. Mm, yeah, Dutch apple, delicious. Yeah, yeah it'll be I'm good. Thinking. Oh, yeah. shoot, I should have had Max get whipped cream. I was or actually ice cream. thinking um, Anthony has to try and brave the store tonight and to, to get us wine. And I was actually thinking maybe he should get some vanilla ice cream for the pecan pies. Yes. Oh, if he just has to get wine, he should not go to the grocery store. I know. He should just go to the liquor store. Or just any any little tiny store. Yeah, I mean, we have like we have like a lot of little um, bodegas, kind of like liquor stores. If he's just going, because our friend... It depends on what kind of wine you want. Right. I mean, I'm not picky. Um, our friend's dad, it's been a bad COVID week for me. I have a friend from Springfield who is in the ICU not doing well. Oh my gosh. Right now, as a result of COVID, she's my age. Um, she had it in September and it seemed like she was fine. Mm-hmm. And uh, now she's in an induced coma and her organs are shutting down. So everybody oh my gosh. be really careful. And then um, my friend's dad is in the ICU. And um, so we want to bring her a bottle of wine and I'm making her cookies tonight because it's just been tough so just a reminder to everybody i know you're sick of hearing it we talk about it all the time and you've heard it from all angles but um you have no way of knowing how this is going to affect you no regardless of like your age 
Um, so I understand we're at the point now where you have your pods of people that you see, you have your bubble and your circle, just limit it to those people. That's all I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying you have to be alone in your house all the time. Just like, yeah, be safe. Totally. I mean, and I, when I was doing research for the news episode, I saw just a headline. I didn't have time to read the article, but I saw a headline where it was a 21 year old girl who had gotten COVID for the second time. And was like, how did this happen? You know, I didn't read it yet, but I'm especially very curious about that now because my mom and I were trying to talk about Christmas stuff. And spoiler, she's not coming for Christmas. She's luckily staying in Idaho. But that's wise, you know. Yeah, because she was just saying like, well, do you think I could get it again? You know, through traveling and the overnights and things like that. And I'm like, we just don't know if you can. We just or don't not. know. I mean, like that's such a big part of it. Is like. I mean, you can have it, you can be young and have it and think that you recover. And then a couple months later, it's wreaked havoc on your body. I and like, cannot believe we just, that. we just don't know. I think that that's such a big problem. It's mm-hmm. just that we just don't know. We don't, we've never had to deal with this before. Right. So I, I, I'm trying my best to ride a line between having a lot of compassion for the fact that like we've been stuck in this situation for a long time and we're not supposed to operate like this and it's hard and I don't want to discount how hard it is but also I mean seeing my friend's mom go through what she's going through right now I don't wish that on anybody either so just you know just be conscious of it and be safe and you know what that means for you you know exactly you do exactly Oh, man. Well, let's talk a little bit about new stuff. I don't know about you, but this was the first time in months, probably, that I was kind of like, I don't really know what to talk about. I was trying to steer away from politics. I didn't. Um, (laughs) You know what I mean? Because I was like, I don't know what else to talk about. Like, the only thing that kept showing up in my news that I was like keeping track of was Biden's cabinet picks. Well, let's talk about that. Oh, well, actually, let's talk about that in the middle then, um, because neither one of my things are are U.S. politics related. OK, we'll sandwich it so it's more tolerable. Right. Yeah. OK, we'll start with one thing, sandwich the politics and then and end with something kind of upbeat. Actually, I do have something that's a little bit upbeat. OK, so that's I, good. I was actually on some I oh got I can't remember what it was called now but I was on some good news website being like is there some like good good shit happening right now I was just like I, I follow this like daily good news thing but it's it's less like news news and it's just like here's something that'll make you feel good about your day which I highly recommend people find things like that you know or like today I saw that it was like on this day however many years ago was the first Thanksgiving day parade Oh, so it was things that. like that. But I'm like, I'm not going to like, talk about that. I do love a parade, though. And I miss a parade. I do. Do you? Well, are you going to watch the parade on, on TV this year? Are they even having it? I haven't even been keeping up with that. I have no idea. Actually, wait, I'm going to Google it right now. They might be having it and just not having crowds, like just doing the parade part. Oh, it says Macy's will hold its annual Thanksgiving Day parade, but only for TV. There so I you guess, go. Yeah, yeah so no crowds. Do the whole thing, but the crowds can't show up. That makes that sense. makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And I will definitely have it on. I mean, it's totally. usually a competition between the Thanksgiving Day parade and football. But um, yeah. Anthony's been kind of hot and cold with football this year. So so is Max. Well, the Cowboys aren't doing very well, so Max is really upset. about about that but uh Thanksgiving will still especially because it's always the Cowboys and that's his team right ball 
always wins. But I think in the morning, typically I can kind of get away with that a bit more. Squeeze My mom and I always did in. that. Yeah. Yeah. Then- I mean, I'm I'm actually less of a Thanksgiving Day Parade person and more of just a Christmas music person. Sorry mm-hmm. if everybody can hear the siren going on in the background here. Well, my dogs have been barking. There have been people driving by. We're in a shitstorm for sound right now, apparently. <laughs> but um, by the time this episode comes out on Friday, I should be knee deep into Christmas music because I always start listening to Christmas music on Thanksgiving when I'm cooking Thanksgiving dinner. Um, and then after that, it's like, you know, no holds barred. Yeah, all yeah. Christmas music all the all time. All bets are off. That's funny. Yeah, I just don't think... You know, we're going to put the tree up on Friday, I think. And I and that might be the moment that I can play some Christmas music. But I've enjoyed Christmas music less and less as I've gotten older. I think I've become more and more of a Grinch about Christmas. Oh, I love Christmas still. I love Christmas. We'll probably watch Love Actually tomorrow night on Thanksgiving night. I dig all of that cheesy Christmas stuff. It's my favorite. I'm excited to watch Home Alone. I'm excited to show Max Nightmare Before Christmas because he's never seen it and he didn't want to watch it Anthony fell asleep. We talked about that. Oh my God, I love that movie. Me too. Should we actually get into talking about the news now? (laughs) Yes, let's jump in. Um, So I wanted to bring up something uh, that I felt was pretty just nice to see. I guess also because I've been watching The Crown lately. (laughs) Oh, I couldn't get into it. I couldn't at first either. Um, I watched like the first three episodes and I was like, ah, not into this. But Same. then I saw that they released the, you know, ep- the season that has Diana and Margaret Thatcher. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it another shot. And now I'm in the beginning of season two and I'm in it now. I'm in it. Okay. Um, so I just have to get past that first bit. Because to me, it's like I just don't really care enough about any of it yet. Well, and it- still, I mean, it's it's rich white people problems for the most part so totally. I mean you, you have to be ready to like absorb that <laughs> that totally makes sense but it is interesting um you know and especially like all of the things surrounding the royal family are interesting and so when I saw this I thought it would be a nice thing to kind of talk about especially since the latest season of the crown really talks about Diana and you know the negative effect that the press had on her and there have been a lot of comparisons between Diana and Meghan Markle even though a lot of British people do not like when people do that um really people really don't like Meghan Markle and I don't understand really I didn't know that people didn't like Meghan Markle that much in England people do not like her and I don't get it at all well (laughs) That's really okay. So what I know about Diana was that she was like the people's princess and people really liked her. So was it the palace that didn't like Diana and the people the liked her? The palace did not like Diana, but the people liked Diana. Okay, yes. so with Meghan Markle, everyone just hates her. I guess so. Because a so lot sad. of people in the comment sections really don't like Meghan Markle. And it's it's hard to know exactly why. If you are an English listener, of, of which I know we have quite a few please yeah. let us know like what that's about other I don't than know, racism, the obvious i was gonna yeah. say racism is the first thing that pops into my head and because nationalism because she's american i don't yeah. know what else you know but anyway she released an opinion piece that came out yesterday our time so tuesday um for the new york times in which she discussed her miscarriage yeah so she has her son archie her and harry have a son archie And um, she was pregnant with a second child and she experienced a 
miscarriage earlier this year. Mm. And so she wrote this opinion piece in which she talked about the struggles of losing her child um, and the struggles that, you know, Harry faced and the feelings that he had surrounding losing their child. Of course. And I just wanted to touch on it very quickly. It's a well-written piece. I suggest that people go read it. Um, But more than that, I wanted to touch on it because not only did she come out with that this year, also Chrissy Teigen came out... um, and and discussed her miscarriage very openly yeah. uh, to a lot of vitriol on the internet. Yeah, uh, actually, I, I gotta say, you know, I I have no problem with what she did. Like, no problem whatsoever. It just, I think because the subject content was so personal and the photos and everything were so personal that it made me, I felt like I was intruding. Even though she was the one sharing it with the world, like, I felt like I was being which too is intrusive an, which on is an her under- pain. You know? understandable feeling yeah it's absolutely understandable to feel that way but to attack somebody for a choice that they've made totally. um, was so inappropriate like because if if you're uncomfortable by it then you have the right to just scroll by right and, you know well let, and you when should I've, let people process their grief however they feel well and it seems to me that you know when talking about Chrissy Teigen she's one of those people that shares everything on social media and probably has one of those relationships with social media and the people that she follows where that would just make sense for her that's a way that she relates to people and so that's just who she is where I think if it was a different celebrity it would have been very different it would have been more shocking but because that's who she is and she's always been very open and honest uh, with her followers I feel like it makes sense that she did that for her you know I agree and also I do think that there is you know of course share things to your comfort level that goes for everyone not just celebrities Um, share things within your comfort level If, if it's not a comfortable thing for you to share then don't share it. Don't feel like you have the obligation to. However, I do think that it is important that we have these figures like Chrissy Teigen and Meghan Markle being so open about something that is very common. Um, You know, around 10% of all pregnancies end in miscarriage, according to the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecologists. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Meghan Markle referred to that number in the piece that she wrote. And so it's not unusual for women to experience this. Um, But it is unusual for women to talk about it. And it's extremely unusual uh, and would be very much looked down upon for a member of the royal family to talk about this. Yeah. Um, And so it's, it's strange. You know, she wrote in her piece, she said, quote, despite the staggering commonality of this pain, the conversation remains taboo, riddled with unwarranted shame and perpetuating a cycle of solitary mourning. Well, and and that's that's the thing about miscarriages I feel because it's so painful is is a death that I feel like people don't know how to respond to like when it's somebody who's 100%, old yeah. or you know when it's a miscarriage I just feel like the reason that it becomes so solitary is because of that same feeling that I had when looking at Chrissy Teigen's photo where it's almost it's too painful to go close to which I can see where that would almost make the mother and father feel more alone you don't know how to respond to it as well because it's not it's not a person that we've seen yeah you know what i mean and the feelings i feel like for a pregnant woman or a, a couple um are so personal because they have a relationship that and no we one don't, else does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So how do you talk about that? Like, how do you present it? But I do think it's important to talk about it. And so I'm glad that she did. 
Uh, well, that's really all I had. I just kind of wanted to touch on that because I, I do think it's important to kind of like break that stigma. And especially for somebody, I, I do think it takes an enormous amount of bravery for any woman in the public sphere to be talking about that, but especially someone under such strict scrutiny as somebody oh from the royal family, you know? Definitely, definitely. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Biden's cabinet picks. Now, I don't know, like I don't have full bios on all of these people, so I don't know the levels of problematicness to all of them, but I have some good basic information for things that we can chit-chat about. Right. It should be said also, you know, I was going to talk about this, but I was just like, ah, I just don't care. Yeah. I, I mean, I care, but... Um, <laughs> But Trump has officially, his administration has officially allowed the Biden team to start transitioning. Yeah. Um, He, I'm checking his Twitter every day and he still insists in all caps that he concedes nothing. Yes. Um, Yes. But he has allowed the transition to begin taking place, which is a big deal, as we've talked about in the past for our national security. Right. Well, and that is, you know, an oxymoron on Trump's part, too. He's not conceding, yet he's allowing the transition process. So I don't know. That's kind of strange. But uh, so it looks like Biden's got six people picked out so far and one that's kind of a question mark that I want to bring up as well. Well, because I saw um, a feminist Instagram page bring it up. So I felt like it was an important thing to mention. So Linda Thomas Greenfield is going to be the new UN ambassador. And she served as the top U.S. diplomat overseeing African affairs in the Obama administration. She was also the U.S. ambassador to Liberia from 2008 to 2012 and has served in posts in other places like Kenya and Pakistan. So Linda Thomas Greenfield is a black woman. She's worked in politics for a really long time. She's worked with Obama. She's worked with Biden. So it seems like she's a good pick from what I've read. Yeah, he's chosen a lot of women. Yes, yes. I mean, it seems like there's a website that I found where it's showing the different scales. But since he's only chosen six people so far, you know, other it's showing Obama's hiring many more and things like that. But next up, I have Jake Sullivan, who is going to be the national security advisor. And he's a really creepy looking person. Have you ever seen a picture (laughs) of him? No. He kind of reminds me of Jared Kushner's creepiness in a way, but like way dialed down. Okay. Like a more like toned down. I don't know. There's something about him. Like he sounds like a great person, which is why I'm conflicted. But he looks. Poor guy. He looks Just creepy one of those me. faces. Yeah. Poor dude. He looks like a, someone I wouldn't trust. I don't know. But his name is Jake Sullivan. He was the senior policy advisor to Hillary Clinton prior to 2016. And he was also her uh, 2008 campaign policy director. He has a great expertise in foreign policy. So that's why he was chosen. It looks like that's a really, really good pick for someone to um, work with other countries, especially countries like China and Russia, and kind of reestablish those boundaries that we had before the Trump administration. Um, He was also the deputy assistant to the president and national security advisor for Biden himself when he was vice president. So Biden has worked with him before. And he was a member of the debate prep team for Obama's general election campaign. So, yeah. So he's been in that sphere as well for a while. And he sounds like he's a really smart, super capable dude. Again, don't know everything about all these people. They could be problematic as fuck. And I don't know. Um, Tony, let us know if you know. Oh, I know. Totally. Because I feel like especially whenever it's like politicians that are from 
someone's like hometown or something. They just have more experience and know more about who they are. Where to us, at least, to yeah. Me, I I didn't make notes, and maybe you're going to talk about this, but I do know that there is one person that a lot of people are very unhappy about. Yes, that is one person that I wanted to add at the end because again, I don't know everything yet, but I would like to know more. So I wanted to bring it up and just kind of like see what the two of us knew together. So the next guy here is Tony Blinken. And Tony will be... That's a good question because I didn't write it down. What's he going to be? The article that I'm seeing is the next U.S. Secretary of State. Okay, so he is... There we go. It is going to be the Secretary of State. Okay, so that is Tony Blinken. And he was the Deputy Secretary of State and Deputy National Security Advisor for the Obama administration. He also has a lot of experience in tackling global crises, which is really good, especially when we are in the middle of a global crisis. Um, he has plans to shun authoritarian regimes. Bernie's campaign manager actually did give him a stamp of approval, though, calling him a, quote, solid choice. So, OK, well, I like that. I know. I was like, OK, that helps me a little bit. We get a good stamp of approval. Next up, we have Janet Yellen, who will be the secretary of Treasury. She's going to be the first woman who's ever going to be the Secretary of Treasury, which is really cool. Uh, she has been the chair of the Federal Reserve in the past from 2014 to 2018. And before that, she was like the vice chair or whatever. Uh, and she is expected to know how to handle the economic crisis. She's like really good with anything to do with the economy. Seems like a super, super smart woman. Um, the last one, I think, that is a confirmed choice that I want to talk about is John Kerry, which I know Keegan and I are familiar with because he was a presidential uh, candidate in what year against Bush? It was the second one. So 2004? 2004. 2004. Yes. So we are a little bit more familiar with him than some of our younger listeners maybe. But he is another guy that's kind of worked in climate change for a long time. That's something that's very important to him. And he is going to be the climate envoy, which is a spot that hasn't been filled since 2011, which is really cool. Uh, he co-chaired the Biden-Sanders Climate Change Task Force with AOC. So we okay. like, yeah, so we we like this so far. Um, he was previously secretary of state and he has always been a huge advocate for climate change. Like I said, um, the one that I had spotted on Instagram where I believe it was the Instagram page settle for Biden that posts a Oof. lot of this stuff that I love. <laughs> Do you follow them? I don't, but really? I mean, maybe I should. They're great because they, they post a lot of stuff where it's like the good and the good. why we still mm -hmm. need to, you know be fighting for the stuff that we want okay so he is biden is considering this person named ram emmanuel for a position possibly the department of transportation i guess um he is a former mayor of chicago and he was on the obama chief of staff as a mayor he refused to release documents to the public regarding the murder of a black teen named laquan mcdonald who was shot 16 times by a white chicago cop uh, and he had also closed dozens of schools in the districts that are predominantly black. So he is not really somebody that that I think Biden should choose. And this settle for Biden Instagram page was saying instead that we would either want Beth Osborne, Ayanna Presley, or Peter DeFazio, which I don't know too much about them either. But Ayanna Presley, that I do. name I know. Yeah, was she? Why do I know that name? Was she ever like in the running for something big where we talked about her? 
I want to say Congress. Probably. Um, I want to say that she is a Congresswoman. I think she's part of the squad. Oh, you're right. I think she is part of the squad. I think you're right. So, yeah, that... I'm not a fan of this Rom Emanuel, but at the end of all of this, again, found this on the Instagram page, Settle for Biden. They gave a email and a phone number to call specifically for uh, reconsidering Rom Emanuel. So if there's something that you want to do about it and you want to instead um, suggest one of the other three people or somebody else, you can go ahead and email Washington P at Metro.net or call 213-922-7555. All righty. Pretty cool, right? Very cool. Um, I'm excited. I'm happy that he's finally able to get the ball moving on his transition. Very important. Um, I really, we really need this smooth transition in order to get these vaccines out, especially. So, you know, fingers crossed that that all goes as smoothly as possible with our current president acting like a fucking asshole. (laughs) Like, seriously, his Twitter is wild it's truly a wild place to I be. still um, I haven't I don't think I've ever looked through his Twitter like I don't think I've ever searched his profile lately he's been retweeting Randy Quaid which is a bad <laughs> look because that guy is bonkers yeah, Randy Quaid um, so it's you're in a bad place if that's where you're at you know, you know what I mean that's just the thing that's funny to me is it's like when you look at the celebrities that endorse Donald Trump and you look at the celebrities that endorse Joe Biden it's just laughable it's like really dude you don't have I mean it's just embarrassing like that's just it's not even about the celebrity necessarily it's just like this guy this Randy Quaid like a known whack job completely like had a full-on meltdown public meltdown a few years ago not that that necessarily makes him a whack job but like he He is is, so yeah like not Um, everybody but this guy yes Yeah, um, and to be retweeting just like absolute weird madness takes that he he's posting to his Twitter is is crazy for the leader of our country to be doing. Very but crazy. anyway, <laughs> um, let's talk about something really cool that I heard about this morning, mm-hmm. um, and that is that Scotland has become the first nation to make sanitary products free, which is incredible. It's the first country in the world to make period products freely available to all who need them. Um, And this decision was made. Final approval was given um, on Tuesday by Parliament there in Scotland. And the measures are intended to end period poverty, which I know that we have talked about before, specifically in our homelessness, women in homelessness episode. Um, But not just not just about like the expense of sanitary products, but also like the shame around it and the difficulty that people have had Definitely. acquiring products um, in the quarantine. Because this bill, um, I guess two years ago, Scotland had made a um, bill that provided free sanitary products to students at schools, uh-huh. colleges, and universities through this government program. And then Wales and England also followed suit after that. But with, you know, schools and colleges and universities closing because of the pandemic, uh, they were seeing a lot of basically like period insecurity um, that was happening. People not being able to access uh, period products, which are very expensive. I know we have some. Did I ever, did I tell you about my disastrous tampon experience with my last period before the one I just finished? I don't know. Oh my gosh, Keegan. So I bought cardboard tampons and I can't. I can't do the cardboard I hate applicators. Those. I really do. I use, they're terrible. I use them for a couple of days and I'm like, I cannot do this anymore. And there's also something weird where I feel like they're longer 
Do you think that too? Have you ever thought that? Uh, I don't know if I think that, but they're like almost they're like painful to get they're in. They're painful to get in, but also when I pull them out, I feel like it takes longer. I feel like it's longer and it's just like, I don't know. I don't like them. So I went to the store. Again, I was just like at a corner store. It wasn't at like a big grocery store or pharmacy or anything. And I just like grabbed a box of Tampax, Pearl, whatever, brought them home, open up the package. They're scented. And I was like, ooh, no thank you. Why do they even make those? That was my thought. Exactly. So but I didn't even have any of the cardboard ones left. And I was like, I'm just going to use a scented one for like one night. Like, what's the worst that could happen? Guess who got a yeast infection? <laughs> I was going to say, I could totally throw off your pH balance. Is the worst that could happen. I got a yeast infection immediately. So I had my period and a yeast infection no, thanks. on top of each other. Terrible. I'm sorry that I had to interject that story, but... No, I mean, <laughs> look, I we need to stop period stigma just in general. Like, we should be able to have these conversations. And I know that we have a lot of... Not a lot, but I know we have a handful of male listeners, and some of them are younger, and so maybe they don't know, but, like... It is ludicrous. In the United States, there is a luxury tax on period products. Um, And it is crazy. It's not a luxury. It's something that we have to have every month in order to function in society. Yeah. Uh, And so that is insane. And period products are expensive. Like they are. Well, and that was my um, so, question. So they're saying that these products are going to be free. How are they going to make them available? And how. Is it just going to be is are they thinking that the stigma around it is going to change because of the fact that it's going to be free? Well, I don't know so much if the stigma necessarily uh, will change, but I think that they're talking about in households where there's abuse or like, you know, in situations like that where maybe it's not as easy for you to acquire period products. You have a husband who's abusive or something like that. Yeah, so where you can go and, and get these. So the government is setting up a Scotland wide initiative in collaboration with local authorities to allow anyone who needs period products to get them free of charge. So I think that they're going to be able to go into places and pick up. Um, I, and they said that there's quote, a reasonable choice of different period products available. Uh, and they can also opt to have them delivered to their house. Oh, that's really- So, yeah, there's a couple of different options. And Eileen Campbell, who's a cabinet secretary for communities and local government, said that the bill's passage would send, quote, a very clear message to the kind of Scotland we want to be clear that anyone in this chamber agrees that no one in our society should have to suffer the indignity of not having the means to meet their basic needs and that being able to access period products is fundamental to equality and dignity. Yeah. And it's true. It is. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that's just so insane. I mean, I've always kind of thought this about men's reactions to periods, but it's like if we didn't have our periods, we wouldn't be able to repopulate the earth. Like, you know what I mean? This is something that should be supported and celebrated. Well, not I mean, and if, if, if men had periods, this stuff would have been free a long, long oh, time yeah. ago. You know what I mean? Like, but it was something that's supposed to be kept secret and shame. And look, I'm not saying that I think periods are like, beautiful like I don't enjoy having them I think that they're uncomfortable oftentimes like gross I was gonna say mine are just to deal with right like it's not like I'm gonna sit here and be like it's all rainbows and sunshine but it's it's a normal thing and guess what we have to deal with it not you so (laughs) exactly we are the ones that have to deal 
All right, so I have some very exciting news that I forgot to mention at the top. We actually got a sister solidarity story in our email this week. I was very excited. Uh, They also wrote in response to our episode, they said episode 21, which was about pride. So I'm going to read their whole message because I really, really like it. So here we go. Hey, Keegan and Madigan, this is super late, but right now I am binging your episodes because I am a fairly new listener, but right now I am on your 21st episode, which is about pride. At the end of the episode, you mentioned not understanding how asexuality works. Obviously, I can't speak for everyone, but I am an ace, biromantic, cisgender woman. For me, being ace is almost like sex is compared to food. I'm just not hungry. It doesn't mean I hate food. It interests me. It could even be that I'm not hungry, but I eat anyway because I'm with someone who wants to go out and eat. If I ever get married, I will have sex with my significant other because it would please them, but it's not something that I look for in a relationship. I don't know if that helps, but I thought if it gave you any insight to how we think, I should tell you. And I really liked that analogy where it's like, I'm just not hungry. Like, it's not, yeah, it's not that I, you know, think it's gross or anything like that. I just, I'm not hungry right now. Which, I mean, everybody, I think, can relate to that on some level. Like, you go through highs and lows as far as your sex drive goes and there are times when I'm just not hungry yeah you know what I mean I'm just like I'm just not man I've been hungry a lot I'm just kidding (laughs) um I also wanted to share a sort of sister solidarity story personally my periods are whack on crack what were we just talking about (laughs) I get them nearly every week and a half or two weeks what they last from six to eight days and I get the worst cramps ever Sometimes they catch me by surprise at school, so I normally carry a jacket since an extra pair of pants would take up too much space in my bag. One day, I forgot my jacket, and my period decided to surprise me. I tried to clean up my shorts as much as I could, but you could still see the stain. I got on the bus, and I was thinking how I could fix it. A boy slid in the seat next to me. I was scared because I didn't know him, but he took off his jacket and gave it to me to tie around my waist so you couldn't see the stain. He, he also gave me a tampon. I asked him why he was doing that, and he said that he hates that people have to deal with periods, so he always carries around pads and tampons to give to girls as a way of helping out. He is Someone raised their child right. He is such a nice guy, and we have been friends ever since. I thought I should just share that story because he is such a great person to all the girls in our class. Love you, girls. Rage on. That, okay, I don't know how old this person is. I'm assuming high school, because they're talking about like school and class. Yeah, I assume. A high school boy to whip out a tampon and give a girl a jacket to cover herself like great home life where are these parents where are these boys yeah his his parents did it right like that's amazing I know I loved that story so much and I me too and I love it you know we call them sister solidarity stories but it really is just any sort of like you know solidarity that you feel from well he's standing in solidarity with her which is incredible 100% we love a good male ally story Mm -hmm. we love it we love to see it well I mean, since we just got one, I'm going to bring it up again. If you all want to send in a sister, I can never say sister solidarity when I try to say it fast. If you all want to send in a sister solidarity story, please do so. And we will share them on the mini episodes. Go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or go ahead and direct message us and follow us on Instagram at angry neighborhood feminist. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can go ahead and rate and review us on the business page and chat with the listeners on the group page. We have a Twitter that we sometimes use at Yamp Podcast. Y-A-N-F Podcast. 
You can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it so, so very much. And you will be featured on our Instagram for Reviews Day Tuesday. Last but not least, go on ahead and go to that Radio Public app and listen to us there. It is free for you and it helps us just a teeny tiny bit. All right, that's all we got for you today. With all that being said, we encourage you to rage rage on. on. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.